How are we doing? Kids, how are we doing today? Good. You're on holidays, so it doesn't get much better. I actually feel like, um, you know, we were, we were praying for, for, for people uh, heading out this week and also for, for Tim uh, and stepping into that new role. I just feel like this morning, actually, can we just honour some people? Can we just honour some people here this morning? I, I actually really feel like honouring Kylie, who, who actually runs and heads up the kids' ministry next door. Um, they're, 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 they're having a break at the moment because during the school holidays, they, they have a break. Kylie, would you, would you better just stand up for us? The, the, yeah, can we just honour her? The work, the, the work that you do next door is, is, is incredible. And I know because I, I go over there from time to time to, to drop off uh, Sienna or, or pick her up. And just stepping into that place, there's such an, such an amazing atmosphere. It's the presence of God. And what, what you're doing over there is incredible. We just want to honour you this morning. So thank you very much. Can we, can we honour our, our senior pastors as well? <laughs> it's, um, I'm, I'm sure it's, no, it's, it's definitely not an easy role. And, um, you know, we, we, you guys do an amazing job. Uh, we're so blessed to have you both. We, we love you. We love you both. Um, you're incredible pastors. Um, I just feel like honouring you both this morning. So can we, can we do that, church? Can we honour them? Now, kids, um, this, this message this morning is, is just as much for you as, as it is for your, your parents and the adults here this morning, okay? So, so feel free this morning to, to listen, listen up. Um, this is going to be a, a really good word for you. I'm believing this morning that, uh, that something that something's going to happen in this place. God's going to do something powerful, Amen. In, in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, it says, For we are God's masterpiece. We are God's masterpiece. And he has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do the good works that he planned in advance. Why don't you turn to the person beside you this morning and say, You are God's masterpiece. You are a masterpiece. You were created for good works. Come on. You were created, church, you were created to do great works. You were created to do amazing things. You know, if we, if we examine the life of Jesus, you'll begin to get the picture of some of these works that God prepared for you, right? We know that Jesus only, only ever did what he saw the Father do. And so we, we, we look at the life of Jesus and we begin to examine his life and all we see, just, just the, the entire life of Jesus, is these great works. In fact, John writes in, in, in his gospel that if all the works of Jesus were to be written down, it says, I, uh, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books written about the works of Jesus. 
How, how amazing is that? And so Jesus, we, we, we look at his life and, and it's full of these amazing works, miracles and, and, and wonders. And then Jesus turns to us in, in, in John 14 verse 12 and he says, anyone who believes in me will do the same works that I do and even greater works because I'm going to be with the Father. So what, is, so what does this tell us? What, is this, what does this mean for us? It means that you were created, you were designed to do great works. You were designed to be powerful. Who believes that this morning? You were created and designed to do great works works um, you know recently in uh, in the schools they had this thing called book week and um, if you've if you've got kids you, you probably know what I'm talking about book week kids did you guys you guys had book week in school yeah who enjoyed book week no the parents said no um, <laughs> I actually I actually don't know exactly what book week is is I'm assuming they read books, <laughs> but what I do know, <laughs> no, you don't. That's a that's a misleading title. So, what I do know, what I do know about Book Week, is you get to dress up, right? <laughs> and so, a couple of weeks ago, um, we had we had Book Week, and 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 Emily took Sienna down to the shops to to pick out a, a, an outfit and get a you know get a costume. For book week, and and so they went and did that, and then and then I, I took Sienna to to her kindy in the morning, and all dressed up. And as I dropped her off, I took a moment to just have a look around the room at all these kids who were dressed up. And you know, I saw obviously there was there was my daughter there, and. Almost every other girl dressed as a princess. <laughs> and, and then I, and I look around and I see all the boys and almost every single boy is dressed as a superhero. There would have been at least eight Spider-Men, Spider-Mans, Spider-Men. There would have been at least eight Spider-Men um, there was, a, there was a Thor, you know, with the big hammer. Um, a, a, another boy was throwing a tantrum. I think he was the Hulk. <laughs> it might have just been because his mum was leaving. But isn't it interesting? Isn't it interesting when we give children the choice to dress up as, some, as someone else, they all go for someone Powerful. Someone powerful. It's the same thing, you know, if you, if you ask kids, what do you want to do when you grow up? Right? It's, you, you, you get the same sort of response. It's something powerful. They, they'll tell you something like, I want to be uh, an, an astronaut or, a, or, or the president. I want to be a dinosaur. Right? Something powerful. When you ask kids, what do you want to be when you grow up? 
They don't say, I want to be a cook at McDonald's. And that's not to put anyone down if you work at McDonald's. I'm just saying that's not something powerful. (laughs) Right? Isn't it interesting that from a young age, our kids know they were created and they were designed to be powerful. And it's like somewhere along the somewhere along the, the, the journey, somewhere along our way, we've we've kind of lost this identity of us being powerful. And some people probably say things like, Well, you know, I I've grown up, right? I don't want to be a dinosaur anymore. <laughs> I've grown out of that. And 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 maybe, you know, maybe the 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 desires, those, those specific desires that you had as a kid to what you wanted to be when you grow up, maybe they don't apply anymore. But what is so important is that we don't lose that identity that says we are meant to be powerful. We've got to keep that. We've got to keep that. You know, in... In, in, in pursuit of, of doing the works that Jesus did, we often will um, we'll often talk about the importance of a, of, a, of a good prayer life. We'll often talk about a, uh, a lifestyle of fasting. We talk about the, the bold uh, proclamation of, of the gospel and, and we talk about um, being bold and stepping out in faith. This morning, I actually kind of want to sort of take a step back and I want to actually talk about our identity. I want to talk about who we are and, and, and why that matters. Because, you know, it's, it's interesting that our, our identity almost, it almost like sets a foundation that those other things that I just mentioned actually get built on. Your, your identity and the way that you see yourself will actually impact the way that you pray and it will impact what you pray for. And so it's so important that we have this, this, this good foundation of our identity as who we are. So this morning I want to, you know, I want to talk about identity. It's, you know, our identity is almost like, it's almost like a lens that we see everything through. It's like this lens that, you know, that, that, that determines how we view the world, how we, even things like what we believe, how we read the, the scriptures, things like that. So this morning I want to I talk about our identity. Uh, I'm believing this morning that, that you'll get a revelation, that every person here this morning will get a revelation of who they are and of who he is. Amen. Why don't we pray this morning before we go any further. Lord, I thank you that, uh, that you're here in this place with us. Holy Spirit, come and have your way. I pray this morning for a fresh revelation, Lord, of who you created us to be. Lord, I pray that you would, you would inspire our hearts this morning to be who we were meant to be, Lord, powerful people. In Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, turn with me this morning if you've got your Bibles. Let's go to 
Romans chapter 8. Romans 8 verse 14. Uh, this, is a, this is a really great scripture here. It's, it's kind of like Paul, he, he sort of just packaged this whole thing about who we are into these couple of scriptures. And um, I would definitely encourage you to read this every now and then. So Romans 8 verse 14 says this, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's spirit when he adopted you as his own children. So now we call him Abba Father. For his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his suffering. So Paul's writing, he's like, hey, look, you are no longer slaves. You're no longer slaves. We used to be slaves. We've, we've, we've gone from, from slavery now. We've been adopted. We are now children of God. There's a big difference with how, with how that affects us, going from slavery to, to, to being a child. You know, there's... There's, there's, there's a shift there because, you know, Paul says now, he says now we call, him, we call Abba Father. You know, if we, if we go back to the Old Testament, real, rarely do we actually see God being referred to as Father. It's, it's, it's in there a few times. Um, I think it's you know, mostly, mostly used by the, by the prophets. But there's a, it's, it's a new season now where Jesus steps in and, you know, he could have used any name. I mean, think of all the names that we have for God. But Jesus comes along and he says, Father. He's calling him Father. In, in, in the book of Matthew, he actually sits down with his disciples and he's teaching them how to pray. And he, he says, this is, this is how you pray. This is what you do. This is how you start. And he says, our Father. There's a shift from 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 what it was to, to now we're in this, from slavery and slaves into children of God. We are children of God. Why is it important for us to know that we are now children? Why, why, should we, why is it important for us to understand that we're, we're no longer slaves, but we are children and that he is our father? You know, slaves, slaves have this identity that's based in, in fear and powerlessness. Think about this. As a slave, your, your identity is, is, is based in this, in this position of, of fear and lack of power. But as children... As children, we actually we, we, we get the things that our parents get. We, we actually get our identity, uh, at least when we're young, from our parents. We get things from our parents. My, both my daughters have, have blue eyes. They got that from me, right? Our children get attributes from their parents. 
My, my daughters are both very intelligent and good looking. <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> we obviously know who they get that from, right? Slaves, slaves, get, slaves get paid. You get like a wage. But children get an inheritance. Children get everything. Slaves don't have the same, don't have the same access to the master that a child has to their father. Slaves don't sit at the, at, the, at the dinner table with the master. Children sit at the dinner table. Slaves don't, they don't ask the master for the same things that children ask their father for. There's a big difference with how with how we how we behave when we're children compared to when we're slaves. In uh, in in the book of Exodus, we read about the Israelites, how they were in Egypt for 400 years, and 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 during this time they were. They were slaves. And so if you can imagine, generation after generation after generation, all they ever knew was how to be a slave. That was, that was, their, that was their world. And so you, you can imagine how that begins to affect them. In fact, that, that, that became their identity. They had this, this, this slave identity that they actually struggled to get rid of even when they actually left Egypt. And, you know, in, in order for God to actually bring the Israelites out of Egypt, out of slavery, into the promised land, he had to come up with this plan where he put Moses, the, the, an, an Israelite boy, into a basket and had him float down the river so that he could go to the king's house, so that he would be raised with Pharaoh in the king's house. If, think about this. If Moses had stayed in the Israelite camp and had been raised in the Israelite camp, his identity would have been the same as the rest of them. He would have had that slave, that slave identity, that slave way of thinking, that powerlessness. And so God actually had to put him... In, in a basket and send him down to the most powerful person's house so that he would be raised by someone powerful. And only then he gets his identity. He gets that, that, under, that understanding of, of power. Moses didn't always, he didn't always get it right. You know, we, we, we read about that, uh, that, the time where he's out and he sees and uh, an Egyptian mistreating one of the Israelites. And so he decides to, 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 to step in and, and, and confront them, and, and he ends up killing him. He ends up killing the, the Egyptian. But you see, his, his action here actually comes from a place where he believed that he was powerful, where he could do something about it. And so it's so important for us to understand we are created and designed to be powerful. Created and designed for great things, for good works. You know, even after, even after, um, even after the Israelites left Egypt, 
and they and they reached the the edge of the Red Sea, they still you know they still carried with them that slave identity. We see you know when they when they when when they get there they begin to grumble and complain and they're thinking like, why don't we just go back? It was better you know we're better off just just being back in Egypt. The Egyptian army begins to chase them. And so here they are, they're, they're, they're trapped between the, the Egyptian army on one side, the Red Sea on the other side. And, you know, despite everything that the Lord already had done for them in Egypt to set them free, they still live in this place of we don't have any power. They still have this, this the slave identity that's, that's full of fear and, and has no power. We're no longer slaves. Paul, Paul, Paul writes this. He says, we're no longer slaves. We are children of God. We are children of God. Created and designed to be powerful. 2 Timothy uh, chapter 1, verse 7 says, For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He's not given us a spirit of fear, but of power. We are powerful people. You know, it's, it's one thing for us to, to know who we are. It's, it's another thing for us to actually live with the reality of that identity. And... Actually, um, last 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 Sunday after church, um, we actually went to get some photos taken. Uh, <clears throat> my wife organised for a, for a professional photographer. We went down at down at uh, at Bribie at the beach there to get some photos. Anyone who knows me will know I do not like getting photos. <laughs> and um, you you can ask my wife. She basically had to drag me along right to get these photos, and I just. You know, I'm just not interested. I don't like it. I don't don't like seeing myself. I, I, yeah, I don't like. I'm more than happy to be behind the camera, taking. You know, I said to her, "Yeah, I, I'll just take some photos for you. It's fine. We don't need to get a photographer." Um, but uh, you know, but but she really wanted to get some nice family photos. So, so we went down, went down to the beach, and um, it was a really nice day. And I was kind of you know dragging my feet a bit, not not you know feeling a bit frustrated and annoyed with getting photos taken. I don't, I don't like photos. I don't look that good. And we, we get there and we meet the photographer and, you know, she's, she's really, really happy and, you know, real, real bubbly sort of personality, you know, asking how we're doing and everything. And almost immediately when, when, when we begin to, to talk to her, the photographer begins to compliment us. And I, I think this is, I didn't realise it at the time, but I think this is actually a bit of a trick that photographers use. <laughs> but almost immediately, once, once, once we arrived and, and said hi, she began to compliment us. She's, you know, oh, you've got a great outfit on today. You look, you look really good. You know, she's, she, she begins talking to, to Sienna, saying, that dress is, is so pretty on you. Your hair looks amazing. And then, you know, then, then, then she you know, takes us over to get some photos and she's telling us where to, where to sit, where to look. 
she starts, you know, snapping the photos and, and, and each time she does, she begins to, to continue complimenting us. You know, oh, this is, this is just so amazing. You guys look so good. This is just the best. This is going to look so good. You guys are gorgeous, beautiful photos. And it was like every time she took a photo, it was like getting better and better. And, you know, I'm, we're getting so excited. And before I... Before I could realise something had changed in me, before I realised it, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting there going, yeah, yeah, we do look good. <laughs> yeah, come on. And I'm, you know, I'm looking at the camera, I'm looking back at the kids, pretending to laugh, you know. Suddenly I've got this huge confidence. Yeah, we do look good. I, I, I was loving it. Don't tell Emily. It was fantastic. I was, yeah, let's keep going. Let's get more. You see, something changed. The way that we think, right, our, our thoughts that we have about us will actually determine what we believe and, what, and then that will determine how we act. Our thoughts the way we think about us, the way we think we are, the way we think of our identity will actually determine uh, the reality of our identity. Proverbs, Proverbs 23 verse 7 says, As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. As a man thinks in his heart, so is he. It's so important for us. Obviously, we need to understand who we are, but our, our thoughts have to actually begin to, to, to line up with who, with who God says we are. How many know that if we were to have thoughts that were um, like, I'm, I'm no good, I can't do anything, I'm powerless, I'm afraid. How many know that if we were to have thoughts like that, that begins... That, that, that will shape our reality. But imagine if, you, if, if your thoughts, when you looked in the mirror, you thought, I am a child of God. I am filled with the power of God. I can do all things through Christ. Those thoughts then begin to shape your beliefs and you begin to believe that and then you begin to act upon those beliefs. It's so important for us. What do you see when you look in the mirror? In the morning when you look in the mirror, what do you, what do you see? Do you see do you see God's masterpiece? You look in the mirror and you see God's masterpiece. Do you see a child of God? Do you see someone powerful? Someone significant? What do you see when you look in the mirror? In Romans 12, uh, Romans 12 verse 2, Paul writes, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. 
You see the world and, and, and the enemy is doing everything they can to destroy your identity. I mean, take a look around these days. There's, a, there's, a, there's an identity crisis, right? You can see that. People just don't know who they are anymore. Uh, you know, I, I, I see Christians who, who don't even believe that God does miracles. Their, their identity has been so, so, so conformed to the world's standards that they don't even believe that God does miracles. I was actually talking with, uh, with someone a couple of months ago at the, at the skate park in Morrifield, a young man, and, he's, and, he, and he was saying, oh, you're a Christian. Oh, yeah, I... I respect that, you know, you guys are really disciplined people. That was, that was his view of, of what a Christian is, disciplined. Jesus did not have crowds of people following him because he was disciplined. The crowds followed him because of his works, because he demonstrated the power of God. We've got to understand we are powerful people. Let me, let me finish with this. I want, to, I want to pray for some people this morning. You know, if you're, if you're, if you're struggling with your identity, um, even if you know that you're a child of God, but you still struggle maybe with the, with the thoughts that line up with that, But before we do, I, there, is a, there is a high cost to having low power. Think about this. There is a high cost to having low power. We've got, we've, it's, it's included in our vision statement for a reason. Like this young man out, out, at, out of the skate park, we don't want our community to think that that as a Christian, we're just here for good disciplines. We're here to transform our community to the love and power of Jesus. We, we, we owe our community, we owe the people an, an opportunity to experience the power of God. God created us with, with, with those good works in advance for us to do so that we could, we could reveal them His power to our community. Why don't we stand this morning? If you're in this place this morning and and something resonated in this message with you this morning, that maybe it was around that uh, that identity that 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 Israel had as, as being slaves, and there was something something inside of you that said, "I want I want to be free of that. I want to be free of that this morning. I want to step into my identity as a child of God, created for good works, created to do powerful things." If that's you this morning, all I want you to do is I just want you to put your hands out in front of you like we did earlier. I just want to pray for you this morning that you would just receive something today.
if you're in this place and, and you're struggling with your, with your thoughts about who you are, when you look in the mirror, you don't see someone powerful. You don't see someone important. You don't see someone loved. And you want, and you want to step into your identity this morning the identity that God created you for. Again, I just ask, just put your hands out in front of you this morning like you're going to just receive something from him. Lord, I pray for every person in this place today, specifically, Lord, those ones that, are, that have their hands out this morning ready to receive from you. Lord, I pray for a fresh revelation this morning of who you created them to be. Lord, I break off the lies that the enemy has, that, that, that the lies that they've already believed, Lord, and I just put a, a fresh revelation of who you created them to be in their hearts right now. Lord, they would no longer see themselves the way that the world does, Lord, but they would see themselves the way that you do. They would see how much you love them. They would see how you created and designed them to be powerful. Lord, I pray for a revelation that they've never had before of who you are as their perfect Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you.